Jackie, of course, you take it away. <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, our guest this week on Stand Up Memories with Professor Peter Bales and me, Jackie Marling, is the illustrious Rory Rosegarten from the Conversation Company Limited, a manager par extraordinaire. And we were talking last week about Ray Romano, and I want to say one last thing about him. Yes. I went to see Kevin James and Ray Romano, I guess, I don't, I think I was in Las Vegas, maybe yeah, Atlantic it City. It was, it was the Mirage. But somebody, maybe you, somebody hooked me up and we went to see the show, it was spectacular. Mm -hmm. And I was in the green room afterwards and Ray just casually said, hey, did you see that Beatles show live? And I said, no, you know. And he just picked up the phone, he said, there's two tickets waiting for you. Yeah. Wow. I mean. You know, he, he, I'm telling I, you, I, I, I don't want to sound like yeah, a no, no, no. He's a great guy. He really uh, is. He's, if he doesn't have a big head already, Ray he's got Romano, one now. the best. Yeah, the best. So now, Rory is a. Before you go into the whole management thing, get serious. Rory is a huge baseball fan. I was. Uh, I could tell you every Yankee. In the 50s. I can tell you all. <laughs> in fact, a, a rich friend of mine took me to a Yankee game, and we were sitting there in a really good box, and I said, when did Bob Turley become Asian? Uh, because number 19 yeah, right. was pitching, <laughs> right. but Bob Turley was, Bullet Bob was 1958, yeah. and it's 19-whatever. So, uh, but Rory's a big baseball fan, and he took me to Shea City Field. City Field? Took me to City Field, City Field yeah. and we like baseball, and thinking, wow, ba baseball season is upon us. This is a great time to do these. But of course, this show isn't going to air probably until Thanksgiving, but that doesn't matter. <laughs> right. And I actually know these off the top of my head, but I figured it's easier if I just read them. A friend of mine, uh, who's no longer with us, was a videographer, a producer, and he did the, the video for Yogi Berra's web page mm -hmm. and I guess they have a little video for each guy at the Cooperstown mm -hmm. Baseball Hall of Fame. So he did both of those little videos mm -hmm. for Yogi and in the course of working with Yogi, Yogi did a couple of Yogis but not the ones that you hear, right. nobody goes there, it's too crowded. Uh -huh. The ones that you've heard time immemorial, I, I, some of these at the end were very rare ones so I'm not sure but he actually said three of them to this guy, and I've never forgotten, this is 15 years uh -huh. ago, because he said he couldn't believe that Yogi did a Yogi, <laughs> you know. So these, this is, this okay. is what he said. This is, they're hanging out and they're working on things. Hank Bauer played 14 seasons. You know, I don't know how he did it. He smoked like a fish, <laughs> <laughs> which is just classic. That's good. You know who was really good? Cher. Cher was great in Moonstruck. I think she got the golden glove for that. <laughs> yes, good. You know, in the late innings of Don's perfect game, Yankee Stadium was as quiet as a pin. <laughs> they don't Love make it. sense, yeah, but yeah, you know great. exactly what great. he's saying. And then these were, Mickey's great because he hits both ways. He's amphibious. <laughs> okay. I love it. And then a testimonial dinner, he said, I want to thank everybody that made tonight necessary. <laughs> to Billy Martin, who was freaking out, he had locked his keys in his car. No big deal, just call a blacksmith. <laughs> <laughs> 
I can sum up baseball in one word. You never know. <laughs> and, th and this is what Billy Martin said that Yogi was 21 before he learned how to wave goodbye. <laughs> and then there was one Casey Stengel. Casey Stengel said to the guys, everybody line up alphabetically according to your height. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Those are just, you know, they're, I, they're I, so Americana. I you know? own two things of his. I own his social security card. You do? Yogi's? Yes, I own Oh, that's... And uh, when uh, Mickey Mantle hit the 500th home run, I have the telegram that Yogi sent to Mickey Mantle. Ah. The actual telegram. That's so Wow. Funny. Yeah. Those are collector's yeah. items. Do you know, yeah. in the run of the Stern Show, I was only responsible for two guests, and one of them was Mickey Mantle, because my friend Larry... I'll think of his last name on the way home, was one of the part owners of Mickey Mantle's restaurant. restaurant. Yeah. And Mickey had written a book. And right. he was promoting his book. And right. he called me up and said, Jackie. The Mick. You want the book. Yeah, I don't. It's called The Mick. He said, do you, do you want Mickey Mantle on, on the Stern Show? You think they'd take him? I'm like, are you kidding? Yeah, yeah. So I told Gary. And Gary says, hey, yeah, we'll make him a mystery guest, you know. <laughs> so we're sitting there. And this has got to be on YouTube or Google or something, because well, it turns out almost everything that happened on, although this puts me in a good light, so it might not be in there. But uh, everybody put on the blindfolds, and guys, okay, Mr. Regas, boss, you know. And Howard must have asked two questions, right? And after two questions, or maybe three questions, he goes, you're not going to tell me Mickey Mantle's sitting here. And he says, yep, that's who it is. And yeah. Howard takes off the thing, and he's just as flabbergasted. He goes, how the hell did we get Mickey Mantle? And Gary, <laughs> he was so reticent. He was like, I don't know how to tell you, Howard, but Jackie got him. <laughs> Which was so, and yeah. I didn't know Mickey Mantle from Adam. You know, right. it just there was oh, a connection. Yeah, Mickey, yeah. my idol growing up. Oh, God. I, and I, you know, I'm si he's sitting there like, you know, Whoa, you wow. know, I mean, that's... Who God. became a human being when uh, Jim Bouton's Ball Four came yeah. out. Yep. And uh, I, I liked Mickey more and I liked baseball more after that book, when you yeah. got to know... Because he became a person. He became yeah. a person. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It was great fun. Oh, Baseball boy. and Ballantyne. Ah, you can't, you can't beat it. That's one of the things we didn't touch. Rory is a collector and has... Henny Youngman's violin, yes. and for you younger folks, you have Henny, Henny Youngman's Henny violin. Henny Youngman was a fantastic comedian from forever ago, forever ago. who yeah. uh, eventually made it, uh, you know, to the Carson Show and all that. Even though he was very old, he was still around, and he had a violin, and he'd play a note, and then tell a couple of jokes, take and then he'd wife, go to yeah, yeah, take you know. my wife, please. He yeah. was the ultimate one-liner comedian, and uh, he just was spectacular, and he used to. In the yeah. Friars Club, he used to have them page him. Right. right. <laughs> and he never and made a check. And check. I love yeah. it. And you know what's so funny? Eating with Henny, you know, the first time I ever ate at the Friars Club was with Henny Youngman because he found out about 516922 wine. He didn't know I didn't make money. And he had a grandson that was all screwed Larry. up on drugs. Larry. Larry. Mm -hmm. And he thought, wow, maybe he could get him into that some kind of thing to make money. Yeah. Henny already did dial a joke, but he found out I had one, so he invited me to lunch at the Friars Club. 
and Larry wound up not being with us anymore. But uh, at some point, me and his grandson Larry and Mark Simone and David Copperfield, who mm -hmm. had to go back to David Heenan when another David mm -hmm. Copperfield got famous, I was hosting. No, so it was David Heenan, the comedian. Yes. Not David Copperfield. No, David the Heenan, the comedian, but right. he was David Copperfield right. when right. I knew him. Right. But then David Copperfield became, you know. Right. But they used to come and see me at the other end, so I knew, and he's, was his grandson or his nephew? Uh, I think it was his nephew. Yeah, maybe his nephew. But, yeah. uh, so, like, of course, I couldn't do anything. I said, I don't make anything with my thing. But every time he ate, he put his napkin here and had his big, ugly napkin. And Rodney did the same thing. And I remember thinking, you know, they, what are they, slobs? And to this day, Every time I eat, I walk away with food on my front, and I can't remember to put the stupid. And I'm like, of course they knew what they were doing. Every shirt I have is destroyed, you know. Jesus. Yeah. You know, when he was describing Henny Youngman, at first, you could have been describing a very young Jack Benny with the violin a little right. bit and a, and right. a joke. Same what goes thing. around comes around, right. isn't, it, isn't it incredible? You know what was, I think is so funny? When you're watching TV as a kid or whatever, every comedian is the same size. Yes. Every comedian yes. is this big. Yes. Everybody on TV is this big. And then you see Warner Wolf and he's this Tiny. big. <laughs> this big. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But then you go to Friars Club and Henny Youngman is 6'6". Six, six. Giant. He's yeah. huge. But they're yes. all the same yes. size. Yes. I, I, that's just great equalizer. Just so yeah. funny. Just I love it. Funny. I love it. So everybody out there watching, trying to figure out what a comedy manager is, there it is right there. So and sad. why it's sad. so but so why it's sad. so critical to the business of comedy, the industry of comedy, the art of comedy. Uh, you need to understand that it's more than just the comedian. And Rory, I want to ask you this. You've had a lot of fun and it's clear. Yeah. But sometimes aren't the managers the ones who have to make the tough statements do the make the tough negotiations and I wanted to ask you and I bet you're too nice you're not going to use any names but have there probably been many times when comedians have absolutely wanted to make you pull your hair out um you know it's a good point because you're the buffer but, but I haven't had a lot of yeah I'm very particular about the people I work with right they have to be good people you're already I, I, vetted the situation. Yeah, I don't want to be a Pollyanna about it, but the reality is it's hard enough as it is. I don't need that. You know right, what I mean? Right. I don't need a guy who, just because he's a jerk, you know, it, it's just, it, it's not worth it. There's so much downtime and so much time creatively. I, I don't want to clean up after this elephant in the circus. That's yes. not the job gotcha. I want. I don't want to do that for a living and it's not fun. My attitude has always been, I want to have fun. There are moments that are not fun, of course, but generally fun. If you're working with good people, inherently good people, mm -hmm. it goes forever. I mean, I've been Brian Regan's manager, yes. Ray Romano's manager, 40 years, 39 years. You know, it's like... Brian Regan, tremendous comedian, what a writer out there performing everywhere today, just for those of you Yeah, who and he, but he plays theaters, yes. arenas. I mean, he does great. We, we just did a special for Netflix. 
Um, he's unbelievable, and he's. I always laugh. He's too nice for show business. He shouldn't be in show business. Well, I, I got to tell you, when I ask, he was always the nicest. Always the nicest guy. When he I asked when he was uh, cooking steaks oh, at the comics, yeah. at the comics in Florida. In Florida. Yeah. When I ask new young comedians today who makes you laugh, Brian Regan is. Yeah on the tip of their tongue, yeah, the amazing sure. writing that he does. And there's something else about him that blows me away. Is he, I understand he's doing this a long time. We're together 39 years, right? So every 18 months he has a new act. A new act. The guy does not repeat a joke. It's incredible. That's crazy. It's incredible. That he's is very prolific. He takes it very seriously. Um, and it's really funny. It's very user-friendly, and audiences love it. We find that his his crowds have parents who bring their kids, so he crosses over yep. where there's something there for everybody, which is very rare. It's very rare, and he's really good at what he does, and the audiences. That's love that's it. so long. That that's a lot of that's decades, you know. Decades. That's that's crazy. decades. Crazy. And he's he loves comedy. He's also another one who it, takes it very seriously, but and we spend a lot of time going over stuff and talking. But the material itself, he writes every word, yep. every joke, it's his. I don't have one that I know of, and I know. I don't have one client who buys a joke, not one. They write their own stuff, they craft their own stuff, they put it together, they take out an and or a the. The one thing that people don't seem to understand, it's almost like I can equate it to a magician in a way. I think audiences don't understand how hard a comedian has to work and how much goes in to the act to make because it it's look. a comic's job to make it look like correct, making and it up as they go correct, along, which most a lot of people still think. But that, but that, that's part of it. That, that's that's great it. because for the audience, you know, the guy worked all week and his wife worked all week or whatever, took care of the kids. They they, they want to go and have a great time, and, yes. and it, it's supposed to be very easy. And, and they don't want to know the a, nuts and the yes, bolts. Yes, yes. But the thing that comedians don't get credit for. They work really hard. It's very, very, very hard to be a good comedian. Really hard. And it takes a very special person, not only who can execute it and make it happen, but also to have that skill and that ability. You can't learn that. You can't learn that. You have to start out with that. You know, I hope everybody watching that, and listening heard that. That, but that's thank a, you for saying that. That's true. It's but true. that's the chicken or the egg. It's 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 got to be a certain amount of talent, a certain amount of drive, and a certain amount of desire. And there's all different. You know, it's it's got to be somewhat learned. You know what I mean? Like it, it it's a it's well a, look you learn it's the a basics. real debatable thing. No no you learn the <laughs> basics right you, you know you always know how to make the color blue you always know what to mix but my, my dad was a, a painter a really good painter and he you could go to painting school but you couldn't I I, I could never do I'm, what he can do there is a certain element it's a gift and 
That's they can give you the tools. Is. They can give you the tools. They can teach you the best box to have, the best tools in the box. But using them and the deafness to go around things, you can't learn that. And that's, I couldn't do that as a comedian. That, yes. That's what it was. I didn't have that. But there isn't a single comedian who can do what you do either. That, right, right. All right, so people can... Right. But I, I will say, though, I, I, I'm saying it again. People don't realize how hard comedians work and how lonely it is. Yes. How much, you know, you make all the jokes about the guy in front of the mirror. There's not a comedian that any of us know who haven't stood in the bathroom yep, yep. with a towel around their waist, getting out of the shower, trying a bit in the mirror, making a face, looking left, looking right. It's so complicated to get it right to make it look like it's not complicated. Yeah, I do that. Uh, I don't even need the shower. I just get naked. <laughs> yeah. I just I, look I'm at the bottom there. half. Well, <laughs> that'll make you laugh. That's but sure. um, but people, they don't want to nuts and know the no, nuts. But they no. don't want to think of, wow, that guy must have worked so hard Correct. to do that. Correct. You know. But or, Rory just put something into words. I've struggled to say what you just said. He used artists as an example. Yes, you can teach the nuts and bolts. Yes, you can teach yes. the mechanics. We maybe, as comedians, call it a funny bone or just a funny right. in your gut. Right. And that is what you can't teach. But comedians have a, you know, I always joke that being a comedian, you're standing there basically naked. Yeah. You're naked. And you're, and you're in one. You don't play off someone else. You're by yourself. Right. So the audience has just paid a husband and a wife or a guy and a girl are there or whatever, a couple is there. They, they paid cover charge, the two drink minimum, yep. they ordered chicken wings, the babysitter is at home, they drove. Yeah. And, and they're standing and saying, okay, hot shot, make me laugh. Yep. It's a big difference to make your friends and family laugh at a dinner versus an audience that's paid Money to and be gone there. through whatever yes. they had to do. Yes, yes, and you got to be good. Did you ever? Did everybody hear that? Uh, I couldn't have said it better. Uh, there's a Grand Canyon between making your friends and family laugh at the diner, and people who paid a cover charge, and it's their weekend. And come on, I got to work on Monday. That's I right. want to relax. That's, right. that, that that's a big calling too. Yes, that's a big calling because it's gutsy to say, I'm worth all those yes. things. That's really You know, there was a, a quote from Henny Youngman that I read a billion years ago, and he obviously was being really facetious, but he said the definite definition of a comedian is a guy who made his uncle laugh at a family reunion and thought he should become a comedian. Yeah, but, you well, know, he, he's right. You know. It's right. There's, That's true. There's, you know, so many people, you know, you got to meet my friend Eddie. He's the funniest guy in the world, you know, and then you meet, you know. Well, one of, one of the, it's funny, comedy has changed so much. And now with the internet, one of the, my new clients is Anthony Rodia, who is great. And um, he just, uh, last weekend, two weekends ago, saw that the Paramount in Huntington twice. They paid from, you know, they, they hired him to do one show and it sold out and they added a second show and it sold wow. out. He didn't go through the normal channels. He took it right to the people through the internet and doing pre-recorded bits uh, with his, these characters that he has 
made famous, basically. And so the business is changing also. There's no middleman anymore. Mm -hmm. um, you can take it right to the people. Look, every schmuck you know can be to, to do a podcast. You go for $99 and you buy the equipment. And, and, and they are. The you're on the air. But it, everything changes so much yes. because like Burns and Allen did the same seven minutes for 15 That's years. That's correct. You know, and all of a sudden you're on radio. Correct. Forget television, you're on radio. But it, I would it, argue it's, it's hard to do a good podcast. Yes, and it's hard to do it How would you know? <laughs> I set you up for that. I know. It's hard to do it consistently yes. also. That's the other thing. When, when clients of mine are debating about doing a podcast, I want them to do one a week. Right. Because you can't be funny five days a week. Like, I, I was always enamored about with you and the Howard Stern show because, I mean, that's an enormous amount of work to be entertaining every day for four or five hours you a know, day. You know, in retrospect, insane. it was so much more of a phenomenon than they, we even knew. But I mean, he absolutely was and is the phenomenon. Of course. But with the, with the spices, without the spices. Yeah. Yeah, you know, agreed. That's agreed. a whole. But, but you, the way you created that, I, I don't know that you'll ever see that again. And podcasts, they always think podcasts should be an hour. Well, no, it shouldn't be an that's hour. That's a lot. But I, I have a theory about that. Can I tell you my theory? No, you're going to you're going to tell next, us next week? your theory next, next week. week. Okay. This is our guest Rory Rosegarten, who's uh, was has joined the ranks of John Blenn. Wow. From Long Island, a uh, a journalist and photographer, His, historian, yeah, and He's a good guy and too. Uh, playwright. Is. A wonderful. He was yeah. a great guest. And Danny McKenna, Danny McKenna, the chief wow. cook and bottle washer at Rasselas Comedy Club for 15 years. And they were both great guests. They were no Rory Rosegarten. But uh, he'll join us again next week on What's Your Show? Our show is, and Rory is coming back with a theory, and we should all listen. <laughs> Our show is Stand Up Memories. With Professor Peter Bales. And Jackie Martin. Hey, a new episode of Stand Up Memories every Wednesday. How exciting is that? It's starring me, Peter Bales, and right here, Jackie the Joke Man Martin. Please follow us on social media, search it out. What is it, MeSpace? MySpace? Your space? TikTok, Instagram, Facebook. Do da, do da. <laughs>